This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into another edition of the Illini Enquirer podcast with Michael Tulip, our basketball analyst. We got a lot to chat about today. Kofi Coburn suspension, another exhibition game for Illinois without a few key veterans, uh, giving Brad Underwood everything he wanted for ammo and practice this week, uh, as well as uh, an NCAA case with Oklahoma State. I'm interested to, to get Mike's thoughts a little bit on just everything going on with the NCAA, especially with Kofi Coburn. Uh, and we got the start of regular season on Tuesday. Tuesday for Illinois without their best player, Kofi Coburn. But Mike, what's up, man? We were just talking off the air. Just a lot going on in the sports world right now. And, and college basketball is right in the thick of it as well. A lot going on. That's that's right. You know, whether it's NBA, NFL, college football, you know, Alabama, the whole Alabama scenario, um, <laughs> there is. There's, there's a lot going on. But, you know, the Illini specifically, you get the news with Kofi, and it's tough because it, when you have the NIL now, then, then in retrospect, it seems like small potatoes, but you know, the, the rules are the rules when they're in place. And I think what ends up happening is you try to do the whole retrospective thing, but if they were to grant Kofi that a pass, then you kind of set the precedent of, Hey, how far back can you go? You know, it, well, I did this, a year before the NIL thing, Can, like, am I abstained? And I think oftentimes, you know, amateurism's an, amateurism, and and they kind of have to to make that call, no matter if it was. I I truly believe that if if NIL, was NIL July first, yeah, July first, and he sold. If it gear. happened June twenty eighth, they would they still would have done it because it's just you can't. Once you open up that can of worms of of when it happens, and if you're like, hey, it was it was a week before, you know, it, it's unfortunate because I, I truly believe in the moment when he did it, he, he didn't have any plans on coming back to Illinois. Um, so it is unfortunate how, how it all went down. And I think you look at next steps in terms of he's out for the next three games. So it's, that's Jackson State, Arkansas State, that's Marquette. Um, if you want to be a glass half full guy, this is these are premium opportunities for to, to see Coleman Hawkins play at the five uh, a fair amount. And then, and then to see Omar Payne really get his feet wet because I think in, in these two exhibition games it, it seemed like he was in the process of trying to do that uh, and maybe this gives him the opportunity to, to, to gain a little bit of confidence but uh, I'll be curious to see how they manage with him out I mean I probably want Coleman at the five starting and then maybe you, you obviously keep DeMonte in the starting lineup or, or however you mix and match it but you want to at least keep that rotation at the five succinct because if you go Coleman at the four if you go Omar at the five now what do you do subbing back in so that's that's how I look at it uh, but I do think it's it's valuable valuable minutes for those guys and you, and you may see some leave and BBB like spare minutes you may see that 
especially early on with, with some of these games, you know, you want to run your, you know, Coleman Hawkins or, or those guys into the ground. And if there is foul trouble, you need to have a, a contingency plan there. But going off of just the IUP game, that whole game plan was for Kobe Copeland. If you go back and watch it, if you saw it in real time, the whole game plan was for Kobe Coburn. And this now it's going to be Andre Corbello. So coming off of a of a 10 turnover game, one that he probably, you know, in his mind, he probably didn't play up to his standards. And, uh, you know, he's going to have his work cut up for him in, the, in these first couple games playing against teams that will be completely focused on him. So it, it's it will be fascinating to see how they – manage it and who steps up but but i do think the silver lining here is that they're you know the, the table set for a few guys to gain a little bit of confidence playing some extended minutes yeah mike with you i don't want to focus as much on like the ncaa i guess decision because i think you and i agree he broke a rule and i was paying the price for it i understand everybody upset about um whether they hold teams accountable though we saw oklahoma state maybe be held really accountable um and, and we'll see what happens with lsu and kansas and all those schools but you make an interesting point of how the coaching staff deals with this because I think the one concern is if Kofi were out say eight games was all of a sudden you're resetting your team eight games into the season three games against lower opponents for two of them the Marquette for one you're still going to have several games before you hit Big Ten play your first couple of Big Ten games where you have Kofi as, as a part of this group so how how do you limit you know how much disruption happens as a team tries to to gain uh, its its camaraderie, its its chemistry, all those things. Yeah, well, the good news is it's not like he's suspended from all team activities, so they'll they'll probably be still working him in business as usual and in practice. But at the same time, you have to prepare with the guys that you're going to have on the floor. So there's there's a balance and a give and take there. Where when you're running scout team, you know if we're going to have Coleman starting at the five. He's going to be in there. At the, he's going to be in there at the five, and 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 seeing a lot of the actions that Jackson's running, Arkansas State's Arkansas State's running, Marquette's running. But you know, you talk about disruption. I think that's that's where that balance needs to be found. Is how can we, I guess, mesh this in a way that that is very similar to how we would do it with Kofi, so that when we do get back, you're not reinventing the wheel again. Right. Um, so so there is I, I, that's the challenge. I think you have. Coleman Hawkins played limited minutes last year. You have Omar Payne, who was a 15-minute-a-game guy, but now he's in a new he's in a new scenario, a new setting. And um, I think there's, a, like I said, there's a lot of growth to be had from from those guys. And and um, I'm excited to see how they how they do it. But that's what makes coaching fun. Uh, I think they they like the the chess match and they like you know being able to to show that you can win in different ways with different guys and. Uh, but it is a huge, it's a huge confidence boosting opportunity, um, you know, for, for a lot of these guys that down the road, you never know what happens. I always say with injury, with suspension, uh, you know, crazier things have happened. So, you know, having these guys confident is, is huge moving forward. Yeah. You're hoping the silver lining could be that, Hey, if Kofi's in foul trouble, even uh, a couple games that these guys kind of know what it takes. I, and we did see good from Coleman Hawkins, right? Right. During these exhibition games, we didn't see a lot of Omar Payne, which is uh, given that they knew this was probably coming, uh, I think a little bit of a concern. So what do you think of those guys in these first three games, um, two against smaller opponents, one against a Marquette team that looks a lot different than last year, even the coach and, and losing their five top leading scorers? 
Yeah, I think Coleman Hawkins, I, I've, I've really, really been impressed with him. I, I think he's, he's a pro. Um, the, the fire that he plays with, I, I mentioned it, I talked about it in the film breakdown. He's, he's a very heady player. Uh, he's not just a, a big body out there that kind of floats around the, the arc. He's smart with his cuts. He's smart with his box outs. You know, I mentioned it. I think I tweeted it during the game. He's, he really is like a technician. With, with his box outs. It's, it's really, really impressive how quickly he can go from shot up, look at his guy, go hit, guy's not crashing, I'm crashing. Like it's little stuff like that where he's not a very, uh, he's not a very reactionary player. Uh, he initiates a lot of the contact. He initiates a lot of the cuts that he makes and, and it's not always predicated off what the defense is giving him. He, he goes and asserts himself, uh, which is really cool to see. And then with Omar, I think he's a guy that if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna move him from nine minutes a game to 15 minutes a game and in Kobe's absence, you're you're still not asking much of him. Uh, and, and I do think with a guy like him, it's not like it's a point guard who now has to go from yeah we don't want him handling the ball the entire game to now you have a lack of point guard depth and then all of a sudden he's got to handle it. Like that's a much bigger problem than a five man that's gonna have to be in a little bit more. Uh, so I think he'll he'll hold his own because it's what his role is. His role is rebounding. It's it's crashing the glass. It's it's protecting the rim. It's being really good at both offensive and defensive ball screen coverages. So uh, I I think he hasn't shown a ton in these first two exhibition games. But for what he is, he he doesn't really have to. Right. Um, and and with a guy like him, you can insert him and and see that uptick in minutes and, and not be worried about, and is he going to kill us out there? Cause he, he quite frankly, isn't really asked to do a, a whole lot. Yeah. Plus he's, he's got experience at, at a high level, right? So it's not right. like he's some new guy from a, a low level. He, he played at Florida, a pretty good team behind a pretty good big man in Colin Castleton. So another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, the exhibition game. Uh, I was sitting there on the sidelines. We have a close game, uh, you know, against a really good Division II team. And, Mike, you you hit it. <laughs> they were going to be very, very good. But it was everything Brad Underwood wanted because he didn't want his team feeling too good about himself, and now he has so much film to go back on. But I do think that game showed the value of, of Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams especially, and then Austin Hutcherson out with, with a tailbone. It sounds like, you know, DeMonte was going through a workout, and like I saw him, he looked like he'll be fine. And then Trent came back into the game with after that shoulder injury. Sounds like he's practicing this week. Uh, Austin Hutcherson might be out for a little more time, so that that you hate it for that kid who just can't stay healthy. But 
there was a couple ways I thought you saw that you missed Trent Frazier and Demonte Williams. One was that you have nobody else to handle the ball really when when Trent is out without Andre Corbello. So his usage was sky high, and there was an impact of that. But also defensively, right? I mean, big guards like uh, they had, they they really hurt Illinois. So what what did you see that on those ends that Illinois really lacked with those guys out? Yeah, the the Monte Williams thing was interesting. Almost felt like a Dak Prescott deal, where it's like he's out there, he looks good, but you know maybe they're just they're just holding him over for the for the season opener. But yeah, I mean you miss a lot with those two guys out, uh, especially on the defensive end. I mean, I, I, D two team or not, you just do, you don't want to give up forty one points in the second half. Um, you, you just don't. And they really did it. They had a certain physicality about them that I think is, is thwarted a little bit with, with guys like, with guys like Trent Frazier and, and Demonte Williams, but I'll make this point that the starting lineup came out flat. Um, offensively, they looked fine, but defensively they looked flat and, you know, Curbelo, Plummer, there were, there were a few guys out there that were getting hit on screens. And we talk about it at nauseum, the one guy that doesn't, and there were even, I could have put four clips in here in the three minutes that he played or whatever he played. He does not get screened and it, and it covers up so much defensively to where now your big men don't have to help on ball screen coverages. Now your big men don't have to help off of pin downs, off of flares. Like it's not getting screened. We used to get graded out in practice when I was at Illinois on it. And it was, it was called, you know, you got points, deducted a point, given a point when they broke down the practice film on, on getting screened. They called, they called it GPS. Like good players don't get screened. Um, so I was gross had a lot of acronyms. I'm, um, I'm seeing this too, Mike, with Lonzo Ball with the Bulls. Like that guy just and Caruso too. Like those guys don't get screened. I just want to throw that in there. It's a big part of the reason they've improved so much. It, it's huge, and, and I think it's it's such an underrated aspect of, of Trent's game. And and maybe it's I guess maybe it's not underrated. I talk about it every practice, every practice. So maybe it's 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 rated where it should be. But it is underrated from just as a casual fan, it's, it's things that you don't notice. And you talk about Lonzo, you know, there are certain things that make guys really, really good defenders. And Trent has a great mix of physicality. He has a great mix of, like I said, not, not getting screened. And then he just has that dog to him. Um, And guys feed off of that. Guys really, really feed off of that. And, And I thought, you know, when he went out, I actually thought that the, the freshman that came in gave a little bit of boost uh, you know, on that end, I thought they were playing like their hair was on fire, which is, which is good defensively. You don't want to do that offensively, but um, but they're flying around. They're playing hard. Their bodies on the floor, and I, I thought that kind of gave them a little bit more of a of a jolt defensively because you know I, I showed it in the Alfonso Plummer breakdown. Like he gets screened, and, and you know it's partly what happened to Adam Miller last year. Uh, it, it was, and he got better at it by the end of the year. And I'm hoping that the more that Plummer is around Trent Frazier than just by osmosis. He can, you know, he, he can find a way to to knock it screen like that. I thought Curbelo was was better at it. He still got hit on some screens. And I, I have to go back and check, but I, I'm pretty sure Curbelo left his feet to block shots or contest shots like 10 or 11 times in the game. And I made the point last year on a podcast where for our TBT team, I asked, I'm like, how many guys have blocked a shot? Guards, how many of you guys have blocked a three? And like, no one raised their hand. I was like, yeah, exactly. So stop, I get contesting the shot, but there's ways to do it without completely leaving your feet. Trent ended up getting a block, block three point shot two games later. 
but the numbers still are in favor of when you leave your feet to block three-point shots, especially if you're, if you're rotating, if you're out of position, they get you for that. They always, and, it, and it happened to them twice. And, you know, those are like the little plays throughout the game where Trent, Trent's really good at it. Trent mm-hmm. has a way of contesting, but Trent's never really out of position to have to, to fly and try to contest. He's, he's always in position. So, um, and DeMonte as well. Like they both are so good at utilizing their strengths defensively, but they, they bring a certain toughness that I think it'll be really good for some of these other guys to continue to bring that as well. Because you may there may be other games where Trent and DeMonte are out. You never know. So you don't want to just have it be an automatic, well, Trent and DeMonte are out. So, you know, our per 100 possessions defensively just went up 10 points. Right. It shouldn't be like that. So, um, but I thought that, you know, Brad Underwood touched on it. This could not have been a better dress rehearsal. He could was not thrilled. He was giddy after this. His team didn't play well and he loved it, Mike. I, I, and I, I don't blame him. I, I think everybody, you want, yeah, of course. You went 114 to 50, then everybody's cheering. You know, we're, we're the best offense in the country and we're this, we're that. But as a coach, it's just kind of like, what do we really know about our team? Right. Uh, we know we can beat St. Francis. We know that we can beat. But IUP, they, they brought a – and I'll break, I'll break it down in the film a little bit, but their whole game plan was to stop Kofi, which goes to show you how good Kofi is because he had 21-8. and eight. Um, But their whole game plan, if you are Coleman Hawkins, if you are Jacob Grandison, if you are anybody that is throwing a high-low pass from the top of the key, we are not guarding you. We are sinking into the paint, and we're making you take a second-guessed three-point shot from the top of the key, and you saw about eight of them that Grandison and Hawkins took throughout the game where it was like, should I take this? I'm kind of yeah. wide open. All right. Yeah. I'll just, I'll shoot it. And I think those particular threes, I think they were like two for eight on. So yeah, those are, those percentage. are different, right. Than like stepping into one in rhythm. You don't practice those. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're in practice, if you're on the gun, if you're getting passed to by, by a coach, you're not standing there and hesitating, standing straight up, looking around, getting back down. Like you don't. And I thought it was, I thought it was a heck of a game plan from IUP where it's like, no, you're going to beat us with second-guess three-point shots from the top of the key from guys that, you know, Grandison was 41% last year, Hawkins two for 13, or three for 13. But, you know, at the same time, I think in their mind, they're like, we'll take the 35% three-point shot over 60% with Kofi any day. And you just try to play the percentages. And it hurt Illinois. They still wanted to throw it in. And they got a couple of high-low passes broken up. So I thought they had a great game plan. I thought their guards, you know, IP's guards, like those are really talented guards. I forget, like I said, forget D2. Like those are, those are Division one guards. Um, yeah, they looked, like a, they looked like a mid-major team in the back, like a backcourt, right? Like uh, front court they didn't. Um, but like, you know, backcourt those are kind of the guys you played at Wright State that were really really effective those are mid those are mid-major guards for sure um and and some of them transferred from mid-majors so it's it's not it's not entirely surprising but um yeah no I I thought it was a great look I think it was it was a great learning moment for a few of the guys on the team I I loved Kofi's patience was incredible um and it really is I think he was maybe six points, three for three in the first half or, or whatever it ended up being. Didn't force anything. And then in the second half, he had his moment where he had that stretch where he just absolutely dominated the game. And I think that's something that goes a little bit under the radar at times. When you're, when you're a guy like that, it isn't just having to dominate for a full 40 minutes. You, you want to do that, but sometimes you can 
you can assert your dominance in a 10 minute window and the game is over. And that's, that's really what happened. And despite Andre Curbelo being a little bit loose with the ball, and we'll get into that later. Um, and I have a lot of, I have a lot of talking points on Andre Curbelo, but you know, there, there are certain things that, you know, Kofi really helped them yeah. weather the storm. So plenty of things that you can take from these exhibition games, uh, especially when you have guys down and who's going to step up and, um, you know, Brad Underwood has to be has to be pleased, not necessarily with the effort, but with what he can work with in practice and moving forward. And and they do have. I always, as a viewer, we hate the layoff between second exhibition and opener. Um, but as a coach and and as a player, I think you're you know it's it's an opportunity to reset and recalibrate and say, here, here's what we have, and how can we work on it in these next ten days um, to shore it up and, and be ready for the opener. I think this this game, the exhibition game, was kind of like a reminder of what you could have been without Kofi, without Trent, without DeMonte, right? And have all those guys back for an extra year is, is pretty amazing. Because if you didn't have Kofi, you'd probably lose that game. Um, yeah. And it's just a reminder of like how much he lifts this team and how high your floor is going to every game that, that he is uh, on the court, which will be interesting the first three games to see how they deal with that. Um, I, before we get into Curbelo, because nobody had his hands all over that game for better or worse than Andre Curbelo. Um, you mentioned some of the freshmen. RJ Melendez had about a four possession stretch on defense. I was like, oh, ooh, yes. In engaged, using his athleticism, using his length. And I just continue to be impressed by Luke Goody, even if he's not putting up points. Like, Mike, he just had this one moment. Maybe I'm making too much of it where the veterans were, were rattled. Like, Curbelo's having a bad time. Kofi's frustrated he's not getting the ball, understandably so. And Luke Goody huddles up the team, grabs Curbelo, gives him a pat on the butt, and just, like, gives a, a fist pump to, to Kofi. And I'm like, ooh, that, that's different for a freshman. And, and just the way he's playing is he's not playing like a, a true freshman right now. So just thoughts on those two guys. I'll start with Goody, and I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um because there are some points that I want to make about freshman leadership. Because it's 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 hard. Yeah, uh, it's really hard. And, and I'll start with a guy like Luke Goody, who you can just tell. Uh, and you could go with the quarterback thing. He's just he is. He's a natural. He's a natural born leader. Um, and when you come onto a team as a freshman with experience, you know guys that are experienced, two, three, four. In in Trent Demonte's case, five years on the team, okay, how do I manage this? I, I know that I have leadership capabilities, so how can I use them in a way that's not just, you know, the guy that comes into the company and his first week, he's just like, hey, don't like these processes. Like, what are we doing? And it's, it, you immediately tune that guy out because he hasn't proved anything, because he hasn't done anything at the company, he hasn't brought in any revenue. And so his, his opinions have no, no weight. So as a freshman, how do you utilize your leadership abilities? And, and I think Luke, Good, Luke Goody did such a good job picking his spots. And I'm not there at practice, so I, I don't know. I could just be overreacting from, from what I saw on the screen, but huddling guys up, encouraging guys. Georgie's gone. Georgie was like the master encourager. Um, he's gone. Somebody's got to be that guy. When Curbelo is, you know, he was palms up most of the game. You know, he was kind of in his own world. He siloed off after he started making a couple turnovers and had some fouls. Uh, Kofi, although he can be vocal, like that may not be more of his nature. Uh, Granison, not really his nature. He, he leads more by just playing hard. Um, 
but you can see Luke Goody is he's vocal. And he's vocal as a freshman, and you have to have confidence to do that. And the other side of it is not only just being vocal and having confidence being vocal and huddling and huddling guys up, it's guys being receptive to it. Yeah. And and they look receptive to it. And the only way that you can make guys receptive to it as a freshman is if you do your job, you play hard, and you're about the team. And if you're those three things, you know, because if, you, if you're always in the wrong spot, if you're not playing hard, and if you're a self-absorbed guy, your opinion will hold zero weight yeah. ever. And that's not just basketball. That's not just sports. That's, that's all over the place. That's in, that's in relationships. That's in, you know, that, that's in the workforce. That's in wherever you go your opinions and your leadership has way more credibility when you are doing the right things. And when Luke Goody comes on the court, he's in the right spot. He's playing his butt off. He's slamming his head off the ground, flying in for a, for a rebound. So he can do those things. Now he's not going to berate a guy, an upperclassman in practice. There's just, there's a fine line, but little things like huddling, huddling guys up, being vocal, like those are ways to flex your leadership, uh, you know, capabilities in, in a way that isn't, trying to make it about yourself. And I was just, I was just so impressed with it because I know it's hard. It's really hard. You know, think, about, think about a high schooler that, you know, you're, maybe you're on the freshman team to start. So it's guys your age and you're the leader. And then you can move up to JV and you're a leader. And then you move up to varsity and you're the leader. And then all of a sudden you go to college and you're a freshman, you're the bottom of the totem pole. So how do you manage that? And for a lot of guys, that confidence that they have comes from being a leader, comes from the external stuff. And when you're freshman year, you're spending a lot more time internal. And, and that's where your confidence can waver. So he's finding ways to pick his spots. And I think it's tremendous. And I think it bodes well for, yeah. for Illinois moving forward because you have a guy that, that is a foundation uh, there. And, and Melendez, man, like I hope he understands that's his, his path to the court is defense. Because as we've talked about before, like – what they lack is is length and athleticism on the wing, and I don't know if he's going to earn playing time this year. But if you if you want to get on the court this year, next year, Mike, like that is your path is doing that, and then the offense will come because we know he's talented. Melendez, I've been really impressed with. You know, he gets in there, and, and at first you're like, like I said, it kind of looks like almost a baby deer in a sense, where he's just just kind of thrown into the fire, and it almost looks like his his. His, I guess his, he's kind of raw in, in a way, um, but he uses his length so well. He's a he's a relatively fluid athlete, and the telltale sign was a lot of guys defensively, especially if you're a freshman. When you first get in there, you don't want to foul. You know, you don't want to make a mistake. But that first steal that he had, the second that that guy got that ball and tried to rip through, he stuck his hand in there to grab it and pull it out, and. That alone shows that he's willing to get in there. He's willing to mix it up. And, you know, it obviously ignited fast break, and then he came down, had a really great – they call it range rebounds, where, you know, you're, you're getting a, a rebound that's, that's out of your range, but you can go and get it. And that's what, that's what length does. And I think, you know, he was – he had a three that went off the side of the backboard, but I'll, I'll give him credit, too, on the offensive end. He had multiple times where he would got behind the defense – Corbello found him, layup at the end of the half. Uh, he did it again in, in the second half uh, where he didn't just – he didn't catch it cleanly or else it would have been a layup. But he does so many good little things, and, and Goody does too. And I, and I thought Podjemski too came in and, and, and at least handled pressure because we mentioned the, the question mark with 
who's going to handle things. And he, you know, he has a tendency at times to just resort to, you know, spin, dribble, 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 spin, dribble, 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 spin, dribble. And if you're a guy that's going to start offense, you know, you can't go six spin dribbles deep and then get into offense because you just, you probably wasted 10 seconds. So I think he can take, Pajimsi can take another step by just, here's my move and I'm gone. And like, I, and I'm going by my guy and then I can get us into stuff. Um, but he's not shy. He, you know, he, he had a couple catch and shoot threes where, you know, especially in the first half, I was like, whoa, you know, he just caught it and let it rip. I mean, he's a, he's a natural scorer. So I think all three guys have shown great things, um, you know, relative to, to what they can bring to this team. And, and those are things that you can build on. Yeah, um, I, I don't think we got to break down like Alfonso Plummer. He can shoot. Uh, the thing we got to bring up, and we're going to break this down uh, in, in our VIP film room, Mike, so we can dive more into it there. But Andre Curbelo, 15 turnovers in 58 minutes. He also, um, I believe, has uh, 17 assists, right? So he's still a positive assist-to-turnover ratio despite 15 turnovers in two games. Um, what did you see especially against Indiana PA? Because he dominated some of that part of that game in a good way, and then he dominated some of that game in a, in a bad way. Let's, uh, let's unpack this. Uh, <laughs> let's. The first thing I'll say is that there are very few people, and, and I'm not going to explain away. I'll start off by saying I'm not going to explain away 10 turnovers. Um, I'm not going to justify 10 turnovers. Uh, but I will make the point that it's very, very hard to have a 10 turnover game and still do enough to make up for 10 turnovers. And he did. To me, offensively, well, the defensive end is a different story, but offensively, he it's not even close, the good to bad. It's not close. The gravity that he uh, commands from the opposing defense, the looks that he gives, because here's the, here's the reality. He had 12 assists. And he could have sleptwalked into 18 or 19. If guy, I mean, there were point-blank layups that guys missed. And then he was the one facilitating a lot of those open Grandison Hawkins threes yeah. that if half of those go in, you know, you're looking at you're looking at 20 assists, 10 turnovers. You're looking at 18. Like that is not, I'm not speaking in hyperbole. Like he could have very easily, very easily had 18 assists in that game. Well, and how many of those points does he get credit for the Coleman Hawkins? Like Coleman Hawkins was sprinting down court, which good. You should when you have Curbelo, but 10 of his points were, were off yeah. that. Like it's, that's why like, even though he had, I think five or six turnovers in the first half, he was my star of the game before Kofi went off just because there was bad, but like he dominated that game yeah, even with those turnovers. He did. And, and I think what you have to understand, especially when you talk about turnovers, you know, it's not it's not a one size fits all scale. It's just not. Four turnovers for Alfonso Plummer are different than four turnovers for Andre Curbelo. Right. Four turnovers for Alfonso Plummer is inexcusable. What's because the record you, usage rate you've ever seen? Because I, I thought Curbelo had it the other night. Like I just I no one else was handling the ball for the uh, first seat. I, I mean when I was breaking down the film, I was like, this may be an hour and a half edit. Because he just <laughs> he has the ball in his hands every single possession. I know Trey Young was, was 37, I think 37.8 for, and, and you led me right into it because I was going to make the Trey Young comparison. Um, and I'll first start by saying that no, like, turnovers are not created equally. Usage factors in. And I know like usage becomes this you know, hot button topic of like, oh, like usage percentage and this and that. But 
it's true. Like it's, it's different. And, and when you look at Andre Curbelo and just for context, when you look at usage percentage, when I say 37% for Trey Young, when I say 29% for Io DeSumo, 28% for Kobe Coburn, 24% for Andre Curbelo last year, which is insane. Um, the way that they factor in usage percentage is basically any play that you're involved in where you end with a field goal attempt, a free throw attempt, or a turnover. So if you can think about it, Kobe Bryant, I think one year in the NBA had 38% usage rate. Um, whereas a guy like Ricky Rubio, and we made this comparison for a guy like Andre Corbello before, he is going to have a lower usage rate because they aren't factoring that you are passing to a guy that gets a field goal attempt, that you're yeah. passing to a guy that gets fouled. So it's different. But I still think this year, Andre Curbelo is going to be in the 30s. Like he's going to be in the 30s. Trey Young was 37%. And hey, can I make this uh, point? Trey's uh, turnovers per game that year, 5.9. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it a step further. Trey, this is to give anybody context. And I'm not debating who the better scorer is because sure. it's not, it's, you know, Trey Young is a generational talent when it comes to scoring college basketball. But Trey Young, games of six plus turnovers. He played 32 games, mm-hmm. okay? Trey Young had 19 games of six-plus turnovers. 19. He had four games of eight-plus turnovers. He had a night where he had nine turnovers and followed that up with a night of 12 turnovers against Chester Frazier's Kansas State Wildcats. So Andre Corbello is going to turn the ball over. And, and, and the bigger, I guess the bigger point that I want to make is it's not about the mistake. It's not about the mistake itself. He's going to have turnovers. It's it's the compounded mistakes. And that's where I think he can make an improvement. It's it's turning your turnover into a foul and then a turnover again. And and if you look at if you watch that game against IUP, he played 33 minutes. And if you want to say half and half, okay, 16 and a half minutes, um, you know, he was on offense. Four of those maybe were him kind of, you know turning it over and but he played you know 12 13 more minutes offensively of really really good basketball and to me you you look at it and it's just I made the point about Alfonso Plummer four turnovers for Alfonso Plummer is different than four turnovers for for Trey Young or or for for Andre Curbelo but back to the Trey Young thing yes Trey Young had 19 games of six plus turnovers he had four games of eight plus turnovers. He had a lot that were kind of in that six, seven range. But how many games did Trey Young have of five or less assists? Or I guess less than five assists. How many, how many games of less than five assists did Trey Young have out of 32 games the year he played? One. One. And and I think Andre Curbelo is going to be on that same trajectory where he had, if if you go back and watch the film. There was about 16 minutes and I think 16 minutes and 40 seconds left in the first half. We hadn't even made it to the first media yet. And if it wasn't for a miss Jacob Grandison layup, Andre Corbello would have six assists. Hmm. That's insanity. Yeah. And, 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 and one turnover at that point. So he's very capable. Like you're gonna, I, I'm a firm believer. You're going to see games of 13 assists, three turnovers this year. Um, nine assists, two turnovers. But you're, all, you're also going to have 11 assists, eight turnovers. 11 assists, you know, but think about the points that he's generating. Yep. 
And, and when, you, when you look at turnovers, not all turnovers are the same either. Or is it a dead ball turnover? Can you set your defense? Is it a live ball turnover? You, coaches always preach you want to limit live ball turnovers. And if I go back and think he had 10 turnovers in this game, I'll give him – he probably had seven. Three, I think, were, were maybe on other people, but it doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers throws it to Equinemius St. Brown over the <laughs> middle and, it gets, and it, he goes off his hands. It's a pick on Aaron Rodgers. Right. So it, it's still 10 turnovers, but how many of those are live ball turnovers? And he got up in the air on one in the first half. He tried to split a double team in the first half, and then he did it again in the second half. And I think he maybe had three live ball turnovers. The other ones were were more more dead ball, which, you know, Andre Carrella isn't out there like, okay, if I'm going to turn it over, it's right. got to be a, a dead ball turnover. But, you know, those are ones that don't kill you. So now you factor in, you know, three, you know, seven dead ball turnovers, which basically the same as – a missed shot or an air ball out of bounds. You can set your defense, um, you know, and then, and then you factor in, he had 12 assists. So, and very easily, like I said, could have had 16, 17, 18, 19 assists. So I'm not, I'm not worried at all. I don't think there's any cause for concern with, with Andre Curbelo. What I will say is that defensively is a different story. Yeah. And I think what you see now and, and Io, fell, Io fell into this a little bit last year, too. When you are a high-usage guy offensively, it is human nature at times to, to take a breather defensively. And that's when you open yourself up to being out of position, to getting back cut. And, and Andre Cabrera got back cut three or four times in that game. He got back cut against St. Francis, too. But there's ways to combat it. You know, defense isn't, isn't just you know, an all-or-nothing thing where it's either you're flying around – trying to get steals and gaps or you're just standing there doing nothing. But the way that Andre Corbello can make an impact um, and be the guy that can be high usage offensively and also on defense be a good defender is to be a really good positional defender. And when I say positional defender, you are in the right spot. And it, it, and it takes focus. It's much easier said than done. But you are in the right spot. If you're at least in the right spot, then you're not laid on closeouts. You know, you're not in, in a position where you're out of position because a lot of times I'd say 75% of fouls on the defensive end are because the offense created some sort of advantage and you were at a disadvantage or you were out of position. So if you can get into position, then on skip passes, you're there on a closeout. On drives, you're, you know, you're head up, you can guard, and you limit these fouls of having to run around and, and get back in front of a guy or, or try to go contest late and you foul. Like, that's where he got a lot of his fouls during the game. So we're talking about a preseason All-American for, you know, according to, to some publications, and you're talking about a preseason All-Big Ten guy. And there is so much more for him to improve on, which is scary. Yeah. And, and, and I think those are things that, that as he gets better at those, this team is going to hit a point where, where they're going to be virtually – unstoppable offensively if he can continue to shore up those turnovers but turnovers are going to happen yep. i'm here to tell you that <laughs> yeah. turnovers are going to happen a four or five turnover night is not bad for him like that that's no. not a bad night like so you almost have to recalibrate as a fan or an observer that that's not a bad night like Cassius had a bunch of those io had a bunch of those right like it's when you get over that five mark where he's like okay yeah there's probably some that that, that are you know a little careless here but I, I agree with you i think it's when he compounds his mistakes and, and he certainly uh was frustrated all right mike before we end the pod um i want to ask you first game of the season jackson state 
typical tune-up game. This team's projected, what, 290 to 300. But there's always some nerves. It's first game. What is a first game like for you guys as players? And, and what do you want to see from Illinois, especially without Kofi Coburn on the court? Yeah, I, I, I had the full range of – first games in in my career in my freshman year we played Colgate who was actually really solid that year had some good players they kept it close in the first half we were able to pull away um you know and, and then you get to to sophomore year we played um Coppin State and won by or actually no sophomore year we yeah Coppin State won by a million um or maybe that was junior year regardless <laughs> these games can you're trying to get your feet wet, like I like I say, and, and I always go back to it. It's always just the foundation of it. I, I mentioned it with the Drexel game. There's no 50 point shot. They're just like it isn't. And I know that you want to handle a team like this, and you want to go out there and get up 20 to four and run away with it early and put it away early and step on their neck. But you just have you really have to take it one possession at a time. Okay, where can we find the high percentage shot? Great, cool. Let's go to the defensive end. Where can we force low percentage shots? And then you just use that's the game plan. Like that is what you are doing. And if you can stack that every possession, the score the score kind of becomes obsolete. The score will take care of itself. Um, that's when you all of a sudden look up and you're like, oh, what? we're up thirty to eight. Um, and, and it's rarely because you just come out firing. Uh, you're just getting high percentage shots and you're getting stops on the defensive end. So um, I'm interested to see how they come out. There, there's another wrinkle to it with, with Kofi being out, but um, e- not not to look ahead, but even Arkansas State. Yep. In game two, you got the preseason Sunbelt Player of the Year. Desi Sills transfers from Arkansas. Like They're a good team. Um, yeah, and that that's going to be a good test for those guys, especially when you have, uh, you know, their preseason Sunbelt Player of the Year is a big. So it's it's... Hey, Coleman Hawkins, Omar, like, what do you got? How can we stop these guys? Because um, it's going to be a common theme throughout the season, especially in the Big Ten. Uh, so, so you want to see at least, you know, forget the score. Forget what the score ends up being. You win by 30, you win by 40, you win by 18, whatever it may be. You can't come out as flat as you did against IUP. Um, I think as, as a coach, you just look at – and even as a player, you're looking at your teammates, you're like – you know, playing your butts off in this game and, and the rest will truly take care of itself. So I think if you're, if you're Brad Underwood, that's the one thing you want to see is like, how much are we competing? Um, and is it every possession? Um, and, and I think if you can take care of those things, like I said, the score ends up just kind of take care of itself. What do you think practice was like uh, the last week for those guys? Um, you know, I want to sit here and say loud, um, but this is a this is a mature team. You know, this is an older team, and I think it would be a different story. And I think Jacob Grandison touched on it in, in the press conference. They knew this wasn't like, "Hey, coach, why are you yelling at us? We won by 18. Like, what's going on?" Like they, you know, they knew that they didn't play up to their standards, and that's great. That's great to have a team that recognizes those things uh, because you just you know, and especially having the taste that you had in your mouth after last March. You know, like good isn't good enough. Sometimes great isn't good enough. Like there needs to be a certain excellence to every single t- like every single time you take the floor. So I'm really looking forward to see how they can bounce back from because there's a lot of elements you can look at. There's the Kofi thing. There's Curbelo bouncing back from a ten turnover game. There's guys that I thought probably could have played harder. 
you know, not coming out flat. So, so how do you, you know, how do you do that in, in a season opener and what does that look like? So uh, I think that they can check all those boxes. Uh, they're they're going to put themselves in a really good position night one. Well, Mike, next week we'll have some games to break down, some Kofi Coburn-less games to break down as well to see how these guys respond. Looking forward to it, man. Appreciate the time and insight as always. Appreciate it, man. I love having Michael Tulip on board. It's fun talking hoops with him each week, and more importantly, it's very informational and educational. And uh, if you're not a VIP member, you'll want to get a VIP membership, which you can get for just $1 for your first month, by the way. Uh, just for these film breakdowns, we get with Jay Lehman and Michael Tulip each week. I thought they could be good. These guys have even exceeded my expectations of just the knowledge they have that they see things I don't because they played at the highest level. They know the game better and they see things fans don't. And taking us through these plays of what happened uh, has been great. And Mike and I just went through Andre Curbelo's exhibition game against Indiana PA and the highs and the lows of all of it. 14 points, 12 assists, an amazing game. And I just looked it up. 12 assists uh, would be a top 10 single game and assists for Illinois history. Um, and then 14 points on top of it but then 10 turnovers. And Mike breaks down what went well with some of these things and what went wrong with some of these things and and how Andre Corbello, as good as he is and how much he dominated that game for good at times, he dominated it for bad at times, uh, but how much better he can still get. And that's pretty amazing. So uh, check that VIP film room. I'll have it up uh, by Thursday uh, so you can check out that. Um, it's fantastic fantastic insight and, and uh, breakdown X's and O's wise. So check that out whenever you have the chance. All right. Thank you for listening to the online Inquirer podcast. As always, we appreciate it. Give us a follow rating review wherever you get your podcast and everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the online Inquirer podcast. <laughs>